0: Let us pray. Our Father, you are in heaven, and your name is holy, because you are different. You are special. You are the one who created, and we are your creation. We come this morning and we acknowledge your presence and your person in our midst. We come this morning and we thank you that you are a God that wants to be involved in your lives. We come this morning and we thank you for caring for the smallest detail that we may bring to you about things that we are concerned about. We come to you this morning and we thank you for sending your son to this world that we may understand something about your love for us. Why even care? Why even see us? Why even listen to us? We are running amok on this world. We are all broken people trying to find our way. And in the midst of all of this, you know us well, that we many times do not give you a second thought. But still, you will not break your covenant with us. You will not stop coming towards us. You will not stop trying to help us to see you, and we thank you for this. Thank you for your patience, grace, and kindness towards us. Thank you for calling us to be a part of your church. Thank you for this church. We ask, O Lord, that you will then today speak through your word to us that we may be able to do the work that you've called us to do. We ask all of this in the name of our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A profound statement that was uh, made by Mark Vrugop. A broken world and an increasingly hostile culture make contemporary Christianity unbalanced and limited in the hope we offer if we neglect the reality of lament. I'm busy with my second sermon on lament. I started off two weeks ago. And when I found this statement, I thought we need to think about this statement for a moment. Because what this statement actually says is that you and I as people of Christ, as the children of God, as people that are the carriers of hope in this world, will become silent if you and I do not understand how to deal with suffering. That is the issue: that you and I actually need to bring the answer to this world out there, because we are supposed to know what the biblical answer is about suffering, way more in a time like this that we now live in. We live now in a world, and you and I know this, I don't need to remind you, but we live in a the world there is so much where there is so much personal suffering that it's almost unconceivable. I remind you almost every second week or at least once a month I remind you of how many many people commit suicide on a day 300 today how many people die of overdoses almost like the same number on a daily basis <laughs> we are surrounded by people that are completely hopeless because they've lost their hope in life and why are they hopeless because of their own pain and suffering if you actually look people in the eye and you start to talk to them, you'll find out that way more people are not doing that well as we think they should or could. Then there's the corporate suffering that we are surrounded by or collective suffering. You know... Um, Every time when you turn on the news or you read any news article, almost there's always something terrible that happened somewhere. People being killed again. Last week, again, young people being killed by a younger child that's 15 that went out on a shooting rampage. A guy in India or where else, there's a guy that shot a number of children somewhere. And every time when I, when I turn on the TV and I see all of this, and I spoke two weeks ago about the hurricane and um, the suffering it caused in our own state, but it's, it's, it's continuous, isn't it? It just won't stop. And slowly but surely, people around us being beaten down by the bad news that they are getting day by day. Inflation is really getting to people now, it seems to me, in many different ways. So when you are in your office space, or when you are at school, or wherever you function and you connect with people, and you do spend a moment with them and you ask them, how are you doing? You may not always get a truthful answer, but if you poke a little bit, you will find out that most people are not doing that well. So what is the answer? What is the church's answer on the suffering that people are facing in this world? Now, Last week I started, no, two weeks ago, I started on my series on Lament, and I reminded you of these three things. It took way longer than it's going to take now. (laughs) I, 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 I reminded you that lamenting means to cry out aloud. It's actually to speak to God in an audible voice, almost. Where you actually come to God and you start to speak about the things that hurts. I told you two weeks ago that to cry is human, but to lament is Christian. Lament is way more than just crying about what's going on in your life and and, and the emotions that you are feeling. It actually means that you actively need to do something now about it. That's a biblical way of dealing then with your suffering. And I reminded you that lament is actually a prayer where God gets involved and that's the tough part, isn't it? Because normally when things are not going that well, we are sort of not that happy with God. And I'll get to that in a moment. So today I'm going to start with my second sermon on this, on this subject. And, and it's about complaints. And, and bring your complaints to God. You know, there are a lot of Christians that I've spoken to in my life who are not sure if they should complain to God when things are wrong. They've got this idea that you are almost cheating with respect on God if you start to complain about things that he's doing wrong and you you don't agree with him. It is as if a lot of people say, well, God is so powerful and he's such an amazing person that prevents himself to us, that whatever happens to me, I almost as a Christian need to ignore and just hope that, well, God's got it and it's going to work out fine. That is not biblical. That is really not biblical. The problem is, if I stay in that thought about God that I just need to sort of ignore, it's going to be okay. Two traditional paths may find its way into me. The first one is that slowly but surely there is this anger, then this rage, and then this resentment that starts to build up in people, and then the breakup. And the breakup is that's why I've got a Bible in the trash can. Because I've seen so many people in my life that started off their lives as Christians that are now not believing anymore. And the reason why they won't believe or can't believe anymore is because they never dealt with suffering and God in a biblical way. How could God do this to me? I've heard so many times. How could God allow this terrible thing to happen to this child that was so innocent? How can God do this? I don't want this God to be a part of my life anymore, because how can He be a loving God if all of these things are taking place? I've heard countless of times in my life, the breakup, and then there's the all is fine lie that I've heard as many times. When people are going through a very difficult time, and you're asking me, "How are you doing now?" I'm fine. Do you think you're doing okay? I'm fine, but they're not fine. They are children of God, but not really doing fine. Or they are in the world outside where you are working and you ask asking me, how are they doing? They say, i oh, fine, and they are not actually fine. So what is my answer to people that are dealing with suffering in this world? As a Christian or even then as a non-Christian? Brings us to this. We are allowed to complain. We are allowed to build a case against God. Hear me out for a moment. It is as if God is now placed in a in this box that you have in a in a a courthouse, and he's the accused. And I'm actually, as the lawyer standing there, I'm building a case against God, and that is part of biblical lament. Is that I may, and that's what we normally don't want to do. You see, I look at God as if with respect, he's untouchable. In biblical lament, God becomes touchable. Where when I'm really not doing that well, I can say to a person, or I can say to myself, I'm allowed to turn towards God and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? God, I'm go- going to build a case against you for what you are doing, and I don't understand this. Because you gave us all of these promises, and it seems to me that it is not working out. What is happening? Time and time again, you will find the Old Testament prophet stands before God and say, what is wrong with you? Look what you have done to us. Where are all these promises that you gave us? And then honestly, naming the things that you don't agree with. Honestly, saying to God, these are the things that I think is wrongful and unjust. And you can go and read, just page through the book of Psalms, you'll find 50 Psalms that all limit the psalms. 50,. where the psalmist, David and others who wrote the psalms would come towards God and say, "This is wrong. This is wrong. God come, have, have a look. Have a look. You are the responsible one we believe for this. You need to tell us, why did you do this?" And then also naming the things that are, are outside of God's kingdom and God's will. God, I thought that you are in control of your kingdom, but things are now really going in the wrong direction. I do not know how you can allow this. The reason why this biblical complaint is so important because it's part of the process that we need to go through in our dealing with suffering. Therefore, I can say to anyone outside of this church who sits there and they are upset about life and about God, say, you've got the right to be angry with God. It's Okay. It's okay. Build a case against him. You are welcome. Then I'm going to use Psalm 10. Just the first verse at this point as a, as a sample. example. The psalmist comes and he says, Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? We, we come with this sort of words when people are struggling and they say why we say no don't say why say how how can you grow in this or or either ask what what do I need to learn through this or or what does God want to do with me through this that's now happening I've heard countless of times people say well as a Christian you shouldn't really ask why because you should ask you know what should I know from this or learn from this or whatever Look what the Bible has. Whys. Lots of whys. Countless of whys you'll find as you page through the psalm books. You have the right to ask God why. We do not know what happened when the psalm was written, if this was a personal crisis or a national crisis or what's really the background of this, but the long and the short is that he came and he said, but but I I want to know what's going on here. And then when he asks the first question, he says, oh, Lord, Why do you stand far off? He actually uses the word Yahweh. Normally they have the word Lord Yahweh because they don't want to use the name Yahweh because they're too afraid that that would be, you know, uh, an unholy use of this word. But here he comes to use the Yahweh word that the Lord gave to Moses when Moses had to lead the people out of Egypt. And the Yahweh word is, when when, when Moses said, what's your name? The Lord said, Yahweh, I am who I am. Because he revealed himself as the God of action that's going to take his nation then out of, Israel, uh, out of Egypt to the promised land. Now the psalmist comes and says, I bring to you the God of action that says, I am who I am. And I'm asking, why are you doing this? You can honestly ask him. Then he ask him, why do you hide? Do you know how many times David wrote in his psalms and he said, I have no idea why you are ignoring me. Why does I have this sense that you are ignoring me? You will have no idea how many people have said to me in my life, I just feel God is not there for me. It's dead inside me. When I pray, I feel as if my prayer is hitting the ceiling, as if my prayer is going nowhere, there's nothing. I feel as if I'm praying into a darkness, into an emptiness. And I would say to them, welcome. That is completely normal. The most fantastic thing is that God is not related to your emotion. He doesn't care how you feel. You may feel that your prayer are hitting the ceiling or you're not praying into what vast emptiness. God has no connection with how you feel in the sense that that determines His presence or not. You are allowed to feel sometimes completely abandoned and lonely. I shared a few things two weeks ago when I preached this sermon, but in my 20, 42 years almost of ministry, 40 years, ah, that's a lot. In all of these years of ministry, I've had moments in my life where I really struggled with God. You will have no idea how I struggled with God and said, Where are you? It is as if you are missing, you are gone, there's nothing. I do not know why we are going through this as a congregation or in our personal life, or whatever is going on, but I had the sense that there is a God that is ignoring me. There is nothing. And it's okay. It's okay to say to him, why do I feel this? Then there's another question that the psalmist is asking is how long? How long will this continue then? You see, I can bring my complaint to God, and maybe that is the reason why a lot of people are struggling with, the, with God in their suffering, because they turn away from God and not towards God. So, what are all the wrong things that you will find in Psalm 10? And I'm just going to read this real quick. He says, in arrogance, in arrogance the wicked persecute the poor. Then he says, let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. The wicked boast of the desires of their heart. Those greedy for gain curse and renounce the Lord. In the pride of their countenance, the wicked say, God will will not seek it out. All their thoughts are, there is no God. They think in their heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden His face. He will never see it. The details is now slowly but surely unfolding in the psalm. As the psalmist say, God... You are there. You are the accused almost here. Look at all these things that are completely wrong, unjust, not only in my own life because he went about went on about personal things also, but also in your kingdom. Why do you allow these things to take place? But remember, lament is a prayer. And a prayer means that in this process you are actually talking with God. You're not just saying a few things because you're angry. You're actually coming to God, and therefore you always need to realize that in this lament prayer of yours, where you come to God with the brokenness that surrounds you, there needs to be some humbleness. Of course, I'm still approaching God, even though I put Him in the accused stand. I say, God, I come to you in humbleness because I ask of you to help me understand what are you doing? What are you doing that I don't Or can't figure out. In lament we need to use biblical language. um, Because we are talking to God. Uh, The Bible is full of guidance on how to lament. There's a whole book, Lamentations. A whole book in the Bible that talks about lamenting. It has a lot of words in it that helps us to approach God that I can share with people when I speak to them, and even if they don't really believe, I would tell them, you know, there is but one I believe that can help you in this suffering, and that is someone that will listen to you if you talk to him about anything that bothers you, that even makes you angry, upset, or make you feel lonely, but just don't cuss. That's not necessary. <laughs> Come to him in humbleness, with respect. Be honest, completely honest. honest. You know, the image I have in my mind is that of a child coming towards a parent. A child that's sort of at his or her wits end and do not know anymore what to do. A lot of teenagers, they will hide their emotions and their feelings and they are really not doing that well. And, and, and then they don't come to their parents with their issue and eventually do something really stupid. And then the parent sits there and say, why didn't this child come to me? But many times they do. They do then come to the parent and say, I'm struggling with this. I do not know. And there's a breakdown of this child. And sometimes the child will say, you guys didn't see what I was going through. Maybe you didn't help me. That's okay. But the moment when the child turns towards the parent, under whatever circumstances, I promise you, from the parent's side, there will be discomfort that this child needs. That is what lament means. Lament means to turn towards God. The moment when I... Well, all the moments in my life that I feel that I can't deal with life and all the things that's happening with me anymore. And the promise is there will be comfort. It will come. But lament also takes us to the next stage, and that's to ask boldly, and I'm going to just quickly read this: "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" Again, that's a different psalm, Psalm 22: why, so, why are you so far from helping me for the words of my groaning, from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry day by day, but you do not answer. And by night I find no rest. Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Yet it was you who took me from the womb. You kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth, and since my mother's bore me, you have been my God. But you, O oh Lord, do not be far away. O oh my help, come quickly to my aid. I'm not going to read all of this. But you do see indeed you know trouble and grief. The yet and the do. The yet and the do. Or the but. You see, the mint means to turn to God and say, I do not know what you are doing. But then, also at some point, because it's a prayer and because I'm actually speaking to God, I need to remind myself of the yet in my life yet I can stand before you and I can't complain because I still have enough energy and I've got still enough power to be able to speak. And where do I get this power from? It all comes from you. Everything that I have, and even though my existence seems so complicated now, my existence is possible because of you. And therefore, in lament, we also then turn to the next part, and that's to ask boldly. Where I can come and say, Arise, O Lord. That means, Lord, come to my rescue. Lord, you know who I am. You are the God of heaven and earth, and I want you now to step forward in what I'm facing here. Lord, grant us the help that we need because we are, in a sense, completely helpless without you recognizing that this God is the only answer where I can go to. Remember your covenant. Remember your covenant. It may sound stupid. I've told you this before. I picked up one of these metal rings that normally keeps a hubcap on a tire. And for some reason, it just became meaningful to me one day when I went running because I was really struggling with God, and I picked this thing up, and I wondered, why did the Lord want me to pick up this stupid thing? Maybe there's nothing in it, and I hung it on a tree. It's still hanging there, probably 10, 12 years later. And every time when I jog and I walk past that thing, almost on a daily basis, I see that ring of mine hanging there, and I say to myself, Lord, you remember when I picked this up? I was in a dark place, and you gave your answer months later. But it came. I remind you of your covenant, because I'm baptized. Remember what I told you last week? I'm baptized. I'm yours. Why will you not come through for me? Let your justice be done. Uh, That's part of the Psalms. As I said before, you will have a lot of people in your life cause you harm. Those guys on the I-4 and some others. Again, last week or a week or two ago, two dads are now in prison. Why? Road rage. They started shooting at one another and one shot the child in that car and the other guy shot a child in the other car. Because they got so so upset that they started shooting at one another. Vengeance is not ours. It's God's. If a guy cuts you off, a guy does something really terrible to you, just say, Lord, did you see that? (laughs) You take care of that guy. And God will many times do this. Don't remember my sin. That's one of the cries of help in the book of Psalms. Lord, I know that part of the suffering I'm going through may be part of my own stupidity and bad choices I've made and because I'm broken and I'm just not a good person but Lord, will you please allow my sin not to push me so far down that I can't see or breathe anymore because you came to rescue me from my sin. Remember or restore us. You know... The Bible is about restoration. The Bible is about God wanting to bring us back into the same relationship we were before sin happened. Oh, not only our relationship with Him, but also other relationships. Lord, then I do not know why this is happening, but restore this relationship that's not now falling apart in my life. Help me with this. Speak it out loud. Bring it to Him. Don't be silent. Please listen to me. Teach me to know what I need to know. Again, vindicate me. Lord, you're my God, and who else can protect me in this world if it's not you? I'm done. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize simplify, simplify For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is in every respect has been tested as as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The place to go with lament is to Christ himself. He cried out, he prayed, he suffered, he lamented. And still he had to go through the process of death and resurrection. Because God's plan had to be fulfilled. But he understands who we are and what we are going through. We have a my story, that's why I'm going quickly through my through my sermon. So what do I do with people out there who do not know the Lord? If I sit with someone who is really suffering, I say to them, I'm sorry you're going through this. And I think I may understand a little bit of it. It's difficult sometimes to say to someone, I understand how you feel. You never understand how somebody else feels. You can just say, I think I can relate to you a little bit. In my life, I've also experienced hardship and pain. And you know what? And I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And a lot of people think because I'm a Christian, my life should be just fairy tales and fantastic things and butterflies. But that is not true. As a Christian, I have suffered as much maybe as you are now. I do not know how, how you feel. But what I've learned as a Christian in my suffering is to complain, is to tell someone What's going on? If you can't tell it to your wife, you can't tell it to your spouse, uh, 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 to anyone else in your life, you are welcome to tell it to the person I think understands it the most. And I believe it's God. Because that's what I found when I was lamenting that speaking aloud to God about what's going on, and I listed the things, I complained to Him, and 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 I told Him everything, I said to Him, help me. I promise you, things will turn in a way that you almost can't believe. You won't feel immediately better. Things will not completely be fine. But I promise you, it is as if you are putting a burden down that you can't carry at this point, because you are giving it away to someone that's way mightier, and powerful than you are. That worked for me. All I can ask, if you want to try it at some point, because that is the biblical way, what I believe, God wants us to know about suffering. Not silence. Don't suffer in silence. Suffer out loud before the one that has the answer. And to him, you can ask, why? Why God put him in the accused stand? Ask Him, but continue then with the next step of humbling, rejoicing, and then coming to the yet. Yet I have you in my life. Next time, next week, my final on this whole series, Trusting God. So it's not really going to be about lament that much anymore. Um, It's going to be about why can I trust God? Who is this God that I'm presenting to you? and to myself, and to the world out there. How does this God reveal Himself to me that I can even trust Him? What evidence do I have that I can trust God? What is it that God has done that I can present to this world? Trusting God. Our final thing in this series.